As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? Why are you, Why mad? you mad? Okay. Hey, what's up, Luisa? Hey, Jake. How's it going? Um, I'm pretty good. I got canceled this week um, for doing a joke about um the shooting do you want to hear it oh shit i missed that what happened yeah tell me a joke <laughs> okay so honestly i was i was you know last week i was kind of bragging like oh, i'm kind of winning against these fucking chuds and shit i was having yeah. a pretty good time but then they they did something very clever against me so here's what happened right do you remember <clears throat> the chelsea handler special it was titled uganda be kidding me Oh, right. <laughs> oh, my God. I had blocked that out. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like a really bad name for a special. I was just trying yeah. to make some statement about all the anti-gay stuff that was happening down there or whatever. Um, well, so that's be that's been like a thing. Like me and friends will just sort of text each other back and forth for like years. Like it just sort of occupies that weird, like, you know, ironic, alty kind of space in yeah. a certain scene. And, uh... So that's like a kind of a go-to joke for me. The other day I rolled out of bed and then it occurred to me to tweet, Uvalde be kidding me because that shooting happened in Uvalde <laughs> County, which is near where I grew up. And so I know how to pronounce it and shit. And like, um, you know, I'm a comedian and I was trying to make light of a tragic situation. <laughs> and what happened though is, and I will maintain my innocence here, I that is very funny, but I had all these fucking Nazis and shit up my ass, and they know they do something very clever to me when they were fucking with each other, and I'm winning essentially, which is that they then go take a joke like that, and then they throw it to overly sensitive people on Twitter who like then go, "Can you believe this person said this?" and all this stuff, and scientifically i believe this to be a manipulation because like i did the joke on facebook nobody gave a shit right it was nothing but laughs and stuff laugh reacts and shit and um i also recognized some of the people who got really mad at me over this joke as the same people and i, I hesitate to even bring the story up because i don't want to draw attention to her because she's a victim of a fucking thing but uh there's a rick and morty writer i might have talked about this on the show but there was a rick and morty writer named katie delaney who's really funny on twitter and like a couple months ago, these same people rolled her for making a joke about the joke she made was about, you know, it was just like a shower thought like you tweet. But it was about when you go to a restaurant, and the server speaks in the first person and they say, like, I have a lobster bisque and I have a tempranillo and all this stuff. And they just went like, isn't that weird? You know, and that was pretty much the joke. Like they said, I think the line and I hate to do this because it's like not fair to this writer because you didn't think this is going to be scrutinized heavily. But the punchline was what are you the ceo of food which is like innocuous right banal doesn't mean anything but this person got rolled so fucking hard by these same people that they like quit twitter for like a month and then you know i think they might come back right but literally like was like i was watching and i was like i don't know what's happening to you and i like i'm friends with some of these people who are doing this to you what is going on like how does no one get that this is a banal joke about 
waiters. The angle was, you know, leftist shit. Everyone is going like, can you believe this person would talk down to a member of the working class like this or oh, whatever? Lord. It was like way fucking demented, right? So these same people got my fucking stupid Uvalde joke thrown at them under the guise of like, um, you know, how dare this person say this? And they fucking rolled me. And it was annoying because a bunch of people like I'm friends with, I think, or like MUFOs or whatever the fuck you want to call it, all just blocked me and unfollowed me and shit. And like <clears throat> part of it was that one this woman was dunking on me, like some random account. I don't know. A big account too, quote tweeting me and going, you know, just insulting the shit out of me and going like this fucking dehumanizing shit about me. And, uh, you know. And so I responded, and I was like, hey, fuck off, you know? But I responded with the same vitriol that I had been using against all the Nazis, and I guess this was just some person who just sort of got caught up in this and sort of, like, tricked into being at odds with me. Yeah. And so all these people were like, well, you're being misogynist against this woman. And I was like, but she attacked me. Is it... Am I supposed to just let any random woman go out of their way to, like, try to hurt my feelings? Like, you know... I'm going to say fuck you back or whatever, and it turned into this whole crazy thing. But I was confusing because I, th I thought she was one of these people because, like, if you look at that original tweet, all of the original people that are, like, egging it on and goading it on, if you look at their page, they're terrifying 4chan people who are posting pictures of dead animals and shit and are, like, not actually concerned about taste yeah. and jokes. So this is fucking, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking about a lot of this shit, like, big picture-wise, and, like... The internet's fucking bad, and it makes you feel so fucking bad, and, like, I will get, like, suicidal, like, fucking feeling the visceral nature of this stuff, and then yeah. wake up the next day, and I'm, like, totally fine, and I'm, like, all right, you know, fuck this, like, just fuck Twitter. Twitter's just fucking bad, I, but yeah. I use it for certain stuff. Here's what I'm getting at. I think I'm gonna write a book. Because it would be like, because whenever I try to explain like shit that I'm like trying to express on Twitter, it gets decontextualized. And that's like on purpose. Like people kind of like that's the defense against a narrative coming out of a person like me is just decontextualize it and it's make it about, oh, this person hates comedy or whatever the fuck. This person's misogynist. Uh. So I think I'm going to get off like shit or just break these like habits really and like start working on shit now that i'm off tour and i'm like i don't know what the next move is really i'm not like stressed out about doing a hundred shows coming up or anything you know i don't know that was my week i got canceled but i'm fine and cancel culture is not a real thing and whenever comedians bitch about it they're fucking losers and stuff but it wasn't i get why celebrities bitch about it because it was yeah. your body feels like it's being threatened while this is happening like it's yeah. it's lizard brain stuff where you're like Oh my god, I'm being like thrown out of the pack and stuff. And it was yeah. crazy. People were calling me Dave Chappelle and shit. And I was like, I hate <laughs> Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <You know? laughs> kind of famously, I think, you know? <laughs> uh, that's really funny because that actually just made me realize. I don't know if you saw my tweet. Okay, but you know, it happens to me all the time that I tweet stuff and then somebody gets mad at me because they think it was about them. Yeah. And then I just had a reverse situation where as you were talking, I thought of a tweet that I tweeted and I was like, oh shit, my tweet applies to Jake. <laughs> I was actually tweeting about somebody else. I didn't know that you were going through about this and this week. So I'll, I'll just briefly say that mine was, um, you know, I've been trying to inch towards this for a while of like, 
the weird relationship, the parasocial, I guess, and the even it's not even just parasocial because there's shit that annoys me and is bad about the parasocial, but there's also shit that is like between real people. Yeah, it gets all exacerbated and weird because of social media. Can you talk closer you know? to the mic. It'll. Oh yeah, better. sorry. I, okay. I lowered my volume because I sounded real like. No, you're too low now. Annoying. Okay. Okay. How about now? How about you're good. Now? You're good. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So sorry. So um. So yeah. So like the problem is not just. It's like all interpersonal relationships, maybe of every kind, are like magnified and sort of fragmented and put through like a weird spectrum. In so through social media and it just sucks to parse out because like for me personally I do enjoy a lot of it um and most of the time I get frustrated is because of other people's reactions to what I think are shower thoughts or a throwaway comment or something that wasn't intended to hurt somebody you yeah know what I mean? and I just don't, I could go back as far as like, whatever, I'm not going to say his name, but there's like a comic that I really like from LA who he quit Twitter like years ago. And it's funny because like he had a big account and like, if I said the name now, people would be like, whoa, what did happen to that guy? <laughs> you know, like, he was really funny. Uh, he was great. And as far as I know, like the last time I texted him because I miss him on Twitter. So I actually have texted him to just be like, hey man, just like. Wanted to say, hey, what's up? And Jake, honestly, he's like mentally 100% better. <laughs> he's like living a great life. <laughs> he, he's like, yeah, no, I had to quit. You know, like I do miss seeing you and other people that I interacted with more regularly, you know. But ultimately, he is just and he quit for real quit. Like it's been at least three years since he's been on Twitter and he never came back. I don't think he's ever done the like lurking with a new account thing because he wasn't a looker. He was a tweeter. You know, uh-huh. so he wouldn't be interested in like looking at people's tweets if he wasn't tweeting. Oh, I see. I think maybe he wasn't yeah. uh, attractive when he said that he wasn't. No, <laughs> not a look, not a looker. No, he was a handsome man. Um, but uh, so it goes far back, this like feeling of it. But then this week, I tweeted something about like uh, be- just being like, uh, we all need to remember, <laughs> you know, it's like a reminder to myself, but it was something like, oh, we all need to remember that like. Social media, like drugs, affects everybody differently. And it's kind of like not our place to tell people how to deal with it or what the right way is to use it or anything like that. But also it's not our place to... And obviously I said some shorter version of this. Yeah. But it's also like weirdly not our place to be like, oh, that person's a weirdo <laughs> because they're not doing it the way I do it. Sure. Whatever, yeah, right? that's really a good point. Yeah. And so, but then what's weird is that I kind of just felt like there was definitely a clash with me and this person this week of like, we both just communicate differently and use communication tools differently. And it was so weird, Jake, because basically sequence by sequence, this is what happened. Okay. Actually, I sort of mentioned it last episode. Okay. But this is one of the people who texted me sort of amidst that whole kerfuffle that was happening with you and this person tweeting about you, right? Uh-huh. And this person, we both know them, and but like not well, but we both know them like in real human flesh form, uh-huh. right? <laughs> and this person texts me, and they just text me, hi, okay? And this is like weird. We don't talk regularly, you know? Like, I, I don't know why you would do this. So it just texts me, hi. 
And that shit annoys me. And it doesn't just annoy me on text. It's like on Slack at work and everything. People do this all the time. They'll yeah. just like message you hi and wait for you to respond so that then they can make their way to the point of the fucking message. And that to me is annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. A, a message to anyone is an intrusion into their day. And it can be a positive one. But like, it's also time that you're taking into people people's day out like, of people it's day. like how older people will call you on the phone and don't understand that yes. you're like god don't do this unless you're yes. dying you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and i and this is a younger person and so i don't know that's another thing i don't know if it's a younger person thing and we just disagree about this but the person fucking texts me hi okay and i looked at the text thread today right and jake literally there's no text before <laughs> okay yeah. and the first text is hi and then i wait no lie, 24 hours. And then the next day, I write back, hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then they write back an hour later and go, uh, good, how's everything? And then I'm like, great. And then that's it. There's like no exchange, right? So then like a day after that, I tweet something where I'm like, you know, I just think it's fucking weird. Oh, no, I did it. I was going to tweet about it and then I did it, right? Yeah. And then things of all things, Jake, the person unfollowed me. I guess after the weird text exchange, right? Really? <laughs> yeah. So check this out. Okay. And so here's the thing. They're kind of already a volatile person who's like real mad on Twitter all the time and locking and unlocking and blocking people all the time and going on rants about how people don't speak to them the correct way. Like very, oh, yeah. you know, I think it's, I know I know this is, but I <laughs> maybe well, but I'll it does, ask you it after the show. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter because the point is like all of this, interaction was like a non-interaction that ended up with them blocking me <laughs> okay yeah. so uh so then i like noticed they unfollowed they unfollowed me so i unfollowed them right because honestly um especially when it comes to comics a lot of times it's like a c- courtesy follow if you follow me i'm gonna follow yeah. you back because i know who you are and then if at some point you decide i'm annoying or you don't want to follow me for whatever reason that's totally fair but why wouldn't I unfollow you back? Yeah, totally. Because you it didn't was a actually <laughs> want to consume that yeah, content or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. I was just being polite. <laughs> you know what I mean? I check on that shit because so many comedians follow you and then unfollow you to try to build their totally. ratio. And I ain't yeah. gonna fall for that unless I really like your tweets. Exactly. So, and it's happened where some people have unfollowed me and I'm like, ah, well, you are funny, though. I'm going to keep I'm going to stay on. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> you few, know? I'm like, there's, a yeah. there's a couple of people that are so good at Twitter. I know they actively hate me and I still I follow because I'm like, yeah, they're pretty good from time to time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But no, this person is kind of like somebody that I could tell. I don't think they actually enjoy Twitter, honestly. Uh, and they are very frustrated all the time on it. And so then once I noticed, like, once we unfollowed each other, to me, like, I'm not even mad at this point. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, like, totally fair. If people don't enjoy each other's interactions, don't interact, you know? And so then I was, like, free to tweet the thing about how I hate it when people just message me hi with nothing <laughs> after it, you know? <laughs> and so I tweet it. And then uh, somebody DMs me uh, this person's tweet. We have already unfollowed each other, Jake. Yeah. And they, somebody DMs me like, look, this came up back to back. Is this, are you talking about each other? And then I was like, oh, that is so funny. Like, so she's, <laughs> oh, well, they're still, <laughs> she's still looking at my tweets, right? <laughs> and I was like, I only tweeted it because I thought it was safe. You know what I mean? So then they tweeted on their thing like, ah, people are so weird. They don't like being asked, ah, you're mean, <laughs> whatever, something yeah. like that. <laughs> And then, uh, so then when like the person sent me the picture of the tweet, I went to look at the account 
and I was blocked. <laughs> and it was like, uh, okay, this is really weird because this is so like, okay, first of all, we had not interacted that much before all of this, Jake. There's no, there's nothing there. There's no history. There's no beef. There wasn't even any reason for them to text me to begin with. You get me? Yeah. What like, do they want? Why do they just say hi? Yeah. And then they said, it, just say hi. And I say hi back. And then there's no nothing no response so literally you just texted to just be like hi dog that's cool i don't need it <laughs> you know like you don't need that's fucking weird don't do it uh and if it's like an age thing like if you want to say hi i don't know send me a letter a greeting card in the mail that's nice whatever <laughs> you know uh but this is all to say that i really do think that my analysis is correct that like drugs like it's pretty crazy how the human body and the human brain has such a wide spectrum of variety um, in terms of reactions to stimulants, to external stimulants, right? And specifically, I'm thinking about social media, but also like um, IUDs. Like I know <laughs> I've been fucking talking about it, but like IUD is something that if you talk to people who have had one, um, it totally ranges from like it was the worst experience of my life i almost died to like it was nothing no big deal i never bled i loved it it's the greatest thing ever <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and it's the same thing with drugs it varies on the drug it varies on like what age you did it on like the amount and the frequency um and i think that it's also the case with social media you know yeah, like, i mean social media is a drug it's yeah i mean it's weird to think about because it's not a literal substance but like you're manipulating dopamine and shit in mm -hmm. your head like so clearly you're like a rat yeah. with a little red button and stuff and like that's why i the concept of sobriety i think is something that um it's kind of integral to this argument because like yeah. people will kind of lord it over you oh you you're doing this this way and not me, you know, I'm not, but like in the big picture, we're all kind of addicts, like no matter what, yeah. unless you're, if you're somebody who like is a hundred percent into the sobriety thing where you're like doing fucking meditation constantly and like, you know, you're a vegan and you don't do anything or whatever. Great. But you're like in the, you're in the minority. Um, yeah, was, that's uh, like a, that's like having a flip phone at this point. Yeah. I was thinking about this cause that, that fucking guy last week kept his thing. He kept tweeting me. He was like, have another drink, Jake. You know, he was like, try to <laughs> give me a shit, give me shit over enjoying alcohol which i yeah. certainly do right and like we do we're I, a fan on this podcast <laughs> and like the the implication there is that that person has a healthier relationship with alcohol and with everything like he's not an everything. addict in themselves and that person is clearly yeah. addicted to twitter right totally they're and in, in a negative way where they're getting dopamine from a negative yeah, like a weird Action. harm self yeah. harm cycle thing or yeah. whatever. So like or harm others. Yeah, I think I think I really like what you're doing here with social media because it's we should include it in the list of vices, but then also be tolerant of vices the way we are yeah. of the way we social should media. be of everybody because everybody yeah. has a thing, you know. And it's like yeah. okay, it's like part of being a human, you know. Yeah, totally, and I think. Um, it's something that we need to think about in the same way as like it affects our interpersonal relationships, you know, like the same way, like you wouldn't do particular drugs to go on a first date or a job interview, you know, then you wouldn't have particular interactions on type on certain platforms or I don't know, you know, like, I don't know that you can limit it the same way, but it just seems like there are some of us for whom 
social media can be a fun recreational occasional distraction and for some it's like a really need it all the time addicted and i'm talking even like you know fox news facebook grandparents right like addicted to getting information that way to getting likes and dopamine and feeling connected that way but then there are others who are like um what do you call it like uh functional users (laughs) like i think i'm maybe like it's not that i'm not an addict it's that I'm a functional user and I know when the good times are to use it. But then it's still destructive to interpersonal relationships, even when I don't mean it to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a side of an unwanted side effect of a behavior. So that's bad by definition. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think about the relationship I have with it similar to the relationship I have with alcohol, which is that it's fucked up, but it's an occupational hazard in the line of work Mm -hmm. that I've chosen to pursue. And like, yeah, um, I, I think that if I never had to work in a bar again and I never had to do stand up the way it kind of operates, then I could, I like, my relationship with alcohol would be different. Like I wouldn't be drinking it in this specific way. Um, and it wouldn't lead to, you know, the, what happens after the show and all this stuff or whatever. The same way, like if I, uh, didn't have to promote stuff, I don't know if I like fucking would have to be on Twitter this much because like a lot of these people that fucking hate me on this, on Twitter are like, they're making like tens of thousands of dollars a month on Patreon and stuff. And I look at it and I go, and they're bra- like, this guy's bragging at me that he has a million dollars in crypto or whatever the other day. Yeah. And I was like, it's a fucking Brooklyn Nine-Nine writer who like <laughs> knows who I am and has the disease of knowing me and needing to fucking yeah. fuck with me on the internet. But, uh, you know, I was just like talking to this person and I was like, I would never be on here. If I had like fuck you money, I think I would get the fuck out of here. But I have a, I, I mean, I, this is how I will rationalize it, you know? Maybe yeah. not everybody around me might agree with this, but it's like, it's an occupational hazard. Like, I have to do some shit on social media because it's what's driving my career to some extent. Um, I do, I want, I like the idea of the cleanse and everything, but I'm kind of like, it scares me because I'm like, oh, are we going to lose patrons and stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, what happens after that? Do I have to quit the whole thing if I do that? I don't know. But, I mean, I like looking at it this way. I think you have a good framework here because it does make it easier to work with than just, I don't know, some of the more, like, reductive ways that people tend to look at it, you know? Yeah. And I definitely um, also agree with the part of it being, like, associated to your work. But maybe it doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing proposition. It has to be an adjustment of ratios of amount of time and investment that are put into these things because um you know I've been doing better you know I don't know maybe I'm not like a hot girl or whatever so I never fucking felt like Instagram was that great or fun I don't feel like I don't look at stories barely ever I don't give a shit about it (laughs) at all Mm. I quit Facebook like four years ago and I haven't missed it since don't give us like a slight shit about it but facebook sucks i know but i love twitter and i have a tiktok account but i legit like i I 
don't use it at all. I don't follow anybody. Yeah, I, I keep <laughs> I trying, yeah. but I don't really get it. Yeah, no, I don't care. I just fucking did it so nobody would take my cool name. Um, <laughs> but um, I went, I like for Twitter, I don't know, man. I like, I love Nietzsche <laughs> and I like comedy and I like short thoughts and I like uh, unpolished, I guess, thoughts and windows into people's immediate moods and reactions to things and attempts at being quippy and but i like all these things with the understanding that they are raw that they're not final that they're not about me that they are not the final word on anything that they are not factual information (laughs) you know what i mean and i think that a not coming into it with a lot of these under like already like framed as like this is not about me this is not fucking a news site (laughs) you know like this is not uh even business it's not business related because honestly jake like you all uh i think most of you don't really use twitter to make jokes or work out anymore you know i think uh maybe sometimes you get a kernel of like this could be a good premise and it's gonna work out on stage oh that's but, not, like yeah that's not a thing sure yeah but promotion it's not a thing is anymore. part of business and like promotion but being a presence is yeah part. look do so we have to be on it 12 hours a day to promote well i mean look i uh tried to keep my show going while i was out of town yeah and no one showed up and I was talking to the promoter I work with about that the other day. I was like, what do we do here? It seems pretty clear that I am the draw. And uh, I'm not going to be able to do this thing where I go out of town and have somebody guest host it. Because, they, the promoter isn't bringing anyone in, which is kind of a problem in itself. Uh, yeah. But also be, you know, no one on the show is. Even not the person I asked guest host, but also not in the, any of the comics so it's like, I've, I guess as a comic, I feel singularly like I get judged for having a s- fucking huge social media thing going on. And then it's like, well, who the fuck is bringing people in the door? Like that, cause that's where it's coming from. Like they yeah. literally take a, a survey at the door and they go, who are you here to see? And it's all yeah. me. And it's all people from Twitter and shit. I talk to them after the show. Yeah. So I guess I'm like stuck in this weird space where I'm like, is this even a, but is, like, is this even a viable business model? Like having just these random people everywhere? I feel very conflicted because. Twitter is the reason I just made a shit ton of money on tour with Eve Six. Yeah. Like, that happened off of Twitter. It happened because another person indulged this fucking thing and had a lot of fun with it, and something bad didn't happen. Something good happened. But then all this other stuff also comes out of it. Totally, but you're. I think you're being absolutist in the way that you're looking at this because the reality is... <clears throat> True. You will not get another cool opportunity like touring with Eve Six if you are not on Twitter, right? Like, obviously, you could in other ways, but like not the same type of thing, right? Uh, like the same type of interaction. But it's also true. Like, did you tweet about your show when you were out of town? Yeah. So then it didn't matter. So what you tweet doesn't matter. It's where you are and people getting access to that knowledge that matters. If it was what you tweet, then people would go anywhere that you tweet. Well, no, wow. I think it's it's just the like me. That's like the parasocial. Exactly. Thing. Right. So then what that means though, Jake, is uh you can absolutely do exactly the same thing by being like, 
uh, here's an automated tweet that goes off once a week to tell you what things are on. Uh, wouldn't it be nice? I don't think that's how it works. I don't think that's how people develop the like the dopamine thing that they have from seeing a person they like. Like you can't just switch it to an autopilot. They like that you're interacting with them and shit. That's the nature of social media. Uh, I guess so, but I guess increasingly I'm finding myself, um, and I guess it's not a surprise because this is where I've been going with like not finding a lot of interactions pleasurable recently, is that it just doesn't seem worth, increasingly it doesn't seem worth the mental energy or the mental health or space required. Like if a job, any other job required from me, this many frustrations and bad interactions and personal hurt feelings, whether on my end or someone else's for the little amount of financial turnaround that it results in. I, I don't think that I would be like, well, it's worth 12 hours a day of this. There has to be a middle ground or it does have to be the whole, like, but then if you quit and you have good, good mental health, is your what you imagine that then nobody would come to it, see you ever at anything? That's not the case. I don't know. I, I would I would be able to be the comedian who's on a <laughs> show like mine where someone else is the draw because they're the fucking lightning rod or whatever. Because, like, most comedians aren't. I, they don't have a following, right? But I'm going to tell you something, though. I mean, I'm not I'm obviously not going to name names, but there are a <laughs> lot. I would say a lot of comedians on Twitter with big followings, especially very young, hot ones, with a lot of followers uh, that get no turnout yeah. at any show, no matter how much they tweet about it, no matter how much they post it with titties and dicks out, no matter how much there's free shit that they're giving away, their 50,000 followers don't matter because there's nothing to see when they go there. <laughs> you get me? So then it's like, Followers doesn't automatically equal people showing up, no matter how good your engagement is on Twitter. Yeah, because sure. I see. <laughs> I want to name my name so bad, but I'm absolutely not gonna. <laughs> but I see the hundreds of retweets on this person's tweets that are just like not great, and then on stage, just even worse. Yeah, <laughs> okay, no, at least like yeah. garbage on stage, and so, just like yeah. you know. So nobody goes to see them, even though every single fucking comment is yes, queen and five million loves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just think sort of, okay, you know what this is reminding me of actually to connect it all again in the health, mental health addiction kind of way. You remember the kind of like now outdated, I guess, paradigm or thought process of like uh, people and I guess they still are, but it used to be very common for people to be resistant to taking antidepressants uh, because they thought that if they cured their depression, that they would lose their creativity. Yeah. Right? You've heard that and you remember that? Sure, of course. Yeah. And in comedy, it's very prevalent still. I think it's also like what keeps some people from drink stopping drinking, right? Mm -hmm. And from whatever, a lot of drug stuff and from not getting help. It stops them from getting help. Yeah, it's like because, a because they think, thing. Yeah, they think that there's this like uh, causal connection instead of like uh, but you know what I mean. Like instead, like we we tend to take 
two observations that may be occurring at the same time and assume that they are related to each other and not just that they are happening at the same time. Causation, uh, not correlation. Thank you. Exactly. And I think that for comedians and social media, this happens also that they I think we're past the period of that. Like uh, I especially when I see like produced shows and shit, there's these comics with mailing lists. (laughs) <laughs> with like old school weird shit yeah where like people who aren't on social media go to see them you know what i mean like uh so i'm not saying nobody gets anything from social media i'm saying that we are all investing much more time than we actually are getting out of it and that we are imagining that we're getting a lot more out of it than sure we because it's a drug and you're like gonna rationalize yeah. it and stuff I mean, that's the part that I think you need to curb, which is fucking difficult because your brain is yeah. like firing dopamine and going, no, keep looking at it, right? But like, the, I think part of what's going on with something like comedians, you know, okay, so I'm, I'm watching that new George Carlin documentary on HBO. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, though. Ah, it's okay. really good. Oh, so I will, yeah. whatever, we'll talk about it at some point. I'm not going to yeah. give you the whole fucking spiel, but like, there's a part of it. His career is long, right? So it goes up and down and up and down. And it's it's kind of like a VH1 behind the music or whatever, where it's like, and that's when yeah. everything fell apart or whatever. And like, so he starts off, right? Um, well, something I kind of hadn't thought about in a long time until I watched this is that there's an early Carlin who shaves his face and wears a suit and combs his hair. And mm-hmm. he's on like old black and white TV and stuff like that and yeah. is doing, you know, safe comedy and he eventually feels frustrated with the limitations of that sort of thing. And he drops out and tunes out and all that 60s bullshit and takes acid. And when he takes acid, he comes back and he's suddenly got a beard and the fucking ponytail. And he's like, Nixon, man. And he's, you know, doing all the classic Carlin stuff that yeah. we know. And that goes okay for a while. He's making less money, but he's like a huge thing. And then he turns into this huge phenomenon. And then he has this big heyday, right? The first big Carlin pop, kind of, or I guess the second after him being a, a suit or whatever happens. Um, well, then there's this part after that where he starts running out of money and he starts hitting up friends of his that work in TV and they're like, why do you want to be on like Soul Train or whatever? That's not your type of thing. Like you hate disco or whatever. You're a freaky weirdo. And he's like, I need to be on TV to fill the rooms at these shows I'm going to because if, like people are forgetting who I am or whatever. And yeah. for him, I think that's what I'm arguing here with social media. But that's also a thing that is still around. So like there are plenty of comedians who are huge and aren't on Twitter at all, but it's because they got fucking shit on TV. They got like, you know, they got accepted into the system that then does that work for you. And that's great, but I'm not. And I think I'm probably never going to be at this point with the amount of shit I've been talking about it and stuff and the you know the lines have been drawn and stuff like that so like I guess I'm just at a crossroads where I'm like and I don't mean this in a gloomy fucking self-pitying way I just think this might be the end like this might be like the logical conclusion to what I just did with my career um you know unless I go open for Maroon 5 next year or whatever the fucking <laughs> you know the, <laughs> I don't know what happens after this so for the foreseeable future I mean, I might get off Twitter for a little while, but I do really think it's the entire, like, if you're off, the career is over, and that, like, or at least on hold for the time being, and I'm going to have to, like, chill out, and that's, maybe that's when I write my book, you know, but I don't have any illusions about, like, oh, you know, the the thing that's going on is still going to, like, people are going to continue to fucking come out and see me and stuff. I think it's intrinsically yeah. linked, and I think that's bad. That's what I don't like about it. I'm going to tell you uh, that I disagree with you, but it's going to come out. Well, okay, backwards. I am going to do a, uh, what do you call it? A 
rousing speech that encourages you? A pep talk. A pep there talk. We go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do a pep talk. Hey, this is Josh Gondelman, and if, if anyone needs a rousing speech <laughs> that encourages you, I'm around for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> that doesn't fit in the tweet. Uh, but. <laughs> I'm going to do a pep talk, but it's going to sound like I'm disagreeing with you, <laughs> but it is a pep talk because, uh, you know, like fucking comedy so stupid. <laughs> like, even when we think of like a Carlin, let's say, and like the example you just gave of like, okay, but you know, Carlin and some other comics, like the way that they made it and the reason they needed TV is because that's what exposed them. And that's what gave them people to fill the room and shit. Right. I meant to clarify something of that story. Okay. First act, he's on TV, and he's got the suit. Second act, he's off. He's like doing DIY shit. That's yeah. when he. That's why he went back to TV, though, is because he was like, "I need the fucking juice from TV filling my audiences." Sorry, that's the reason I told that story. I think I told it very well. Okay, that's fine. That's totally fine. Uh, because my point is that the comics there are yikes, hundreds of thousands, probably. <laughs> no, none. Maybe that's a lot. <laughs> There are way, way, like, way more comedians who have been on TV more than 10 times than there are comedians who fill the room to the levels that George Carlin, right? Yeah. So the idea, even George Carlin believing that he absolutely could needed only one venue, like one particular stream of advertising himself is wrong number one which i'll get to in a second but number two also speaks to a time when we did exist in a monocultural there's only like two platforms to be on radio and tv and they're controlled by very few outlets and they're seen by almost everyone right yeah and so it's like not comparable because we now exist in a time where there's like so many platforms and so many ways to build the stream and audience and all of this stuff and then on top of that there's so many people on each one of those platforms doing different things right so nowadays, there is no one thing. It is not Twitter. It is not being on TV. It is not being on, on fucking Bandcamp. It is not. There is no one thing. Yeah, sure. Um, I uh, posted, like, I follow on Instagram this fun, um, I think it's called, like, Freeze Magazine. It's like a, a curate, curator magazine, but it's like a art critics. I don't know. And they post fun memes that make fun of art. <laughs> and today I think they posted this meme that was like about uh, how art and admin work are not friends, basically. Mm -hmm. And I think it's applicable here because I think that the problem is wider than just like personal for you right now. You know, I think uh, it is a wide problem of every kind of art, especially under capitalism. Your art cannot exist without the admin side of your art <laughs> but art artists don't want to hear this they don't want to hear you have to maintain a mailing list and you have to go and put in facetime certain amount of times in real physical places and you have to write letters to these things and apply to these things and do a few tweets every day so that people pay attention to you and do post videos on tiktok so people see your stand-up Nobody wants to hear that. Comics yeah. don't want to do that. Comics want to do the, I'll hire somebody to do it for me. <clears throat> Comics want to do, oh, I'll get big enough. They imagine that there's going to be some point at which they can afford or have earned another person to do the admin side of their artwork for them. 
And then that's when they end up in positions where they're being taken advantage of, where other people are smooch, uh, what is it, mooching off of them, not smooching, mooching off of them. Uh, and otherwise manipulating them and like destroying their artistic fucking potential, right? So I would actually urge you partially to think about that, that like instead of really buying into this idea that Twitter or any, or even podcasting or anything, because honestly, that's the fucking problem these douchebag podcasters have. It's like, that's why they pander, because they believe that they need this audience. They need these people. And if you, you know, honestly, diversify your portfolio <laughs> of like, figure yeah. out how to put in a certain amount of hours every day or every week, however you structure your life, to doing the things that are the beneficial admin side of your art so that you can continue to do the fun part of art, then you will be less likely to ever be in this position where you are being hurt by something, whether it's social media or a manager, you know, or whatever it may be. That's one. And then the second thing also is we got to stop with the escalator thinking, dude, I don't like you saying, well, this is it. Where can it go from here? Like, that's not I'm being dramatic, but like, I know, but I'm calling you on your drama because it's <laughs> stupid. Because what do you mean? Like, the point is not to get to anything. What's what's the point to get to what? Well, I don't have a lot of goals in my life, even like okay. not even just in my career, in my fucking life, dude. <laughs> crazy yeah. considering all that crazy shit what's his face fucking said to me in his little dramatic thread about me oh like i oh, thought yeah, i yeah. was gonna be <laughs> i thought i was gonna be the biggest community in the world but then it yeah, didn't yeah. happen it's like dude i and now you're bitter <laughs> literally when i moved to new york yeah i wrote this down like i remember being like all right here's a yeah. here's my plan my entire goal, because I'm a realistic person and I know I'm from the other side of the tracks and I don't think I'm going to go fucking become the biggest comedian in the world, was that's where a lot of writing jobs are. It's a fun city to live in. It'll be fucking cool. The best I bet I could do is get a writing job. That's what I thought, you know, fucking 10 years ago when I was moving here. It was like, you know what would be a cool life in the future? Me imagining myself. What if I get one of those writing jobs? You know, write on late night or something like that. Be one of the people that writes the fucking topical jokes at the top of the thing. Yeah. I know how it works. I've met people that do the job. You can just be kind of in a writer's room. And then you get to do stand-up, you know, when you're fucking dicking around the rest of the week or whatever. That is the highest mark I ever fucking gave myself. I didn't, don't give a shit about anything else. The point being, that would be a way to pay rent, right? To get your head above water. That's all I fucking need out of art. I don't need it to go any bigger than that. But, like, um... So like that that's that's where I'm aiming for but that's also why I'm so freaked out about losing the one fucking thing that has gotten me there because the thing is like I do think of myself as being online and stuff as doing the admin work because I do all that stuff myself but the problem is it's meshed up with fun and with the addictive nature of the fucking thing and like also some of the fun is People fucking continue to follow me because of the jokes and stuff like that. So, like, it's really hard to fucking parse out. And it might just take a lot of discipline or something like that, which I have time for that now. But, like, I don't, like, I, I, I think the thing you were talking about earlier with comics thinking, oh, I'll get to a point where somebody does all this for me. I know that's stupid. That's why I do it all myself. And I go, I know, I don't think, but that's why I didn't say you think this, <laughs> because I don't think you think this, but I don't think you're hearing me about the overall point, which is like, uh, 
for example, um, saying like uh, that you think of Twitter as like admin work. I think saying that is the comparable analogy would be like if you run an office and every day you put in a, uh, what is it, like paper supply order, you know, so you order paper supplies every single day. Yeah, and then you dig around and watch a movie or whatever, yeah. No, let me finish. Oh, go ahead. But then you never pay the electricity bills and you never call the clients back and you don't actually answer the phone. So you are only going to do one type of admin and one type of admin does not run a business. Well, but I, okay. but I don't do one type. I also, uh, the problem with fucking Twitter, or the reasons I can't get off it is because it's also where I do messaging and there's the shit that leads to jobs and stuff because there isn't one fucking way to communicate anymore, which sucks. I mean, I know. You so can, that's what everybody has also told me about getting off of Facebook. I know. But so second thing, why do we keep jumping to getting off of Twitter? Right. So like nobody has said this is something that you should not be dependent on or use or in anything or has no benefits. Nothing. You are the only one who keeps jumping straight to what will happen if I don't have it at all in my life. What, a, you know, should it be the end? Should I never start, like, use it? Why not use it in limited ways and at limited hours and set it below? That's just something I'm throwing out. Sure. Well, I'm Next talking thing. that way because people are talking that way at me. And it is, again, like sobriety language, like what we were talking about earlier. Like, no, I'm with you. I think there's a way to do yeah. this correctly. Um, Sorry to interrupt. The other thing ab- about this is that, like, you're, you, I think you're right when you say there's not one way to get a cr- room in a crowd anymore uh, or a crowd in a room anymore there's a bunch of them the problem is this is i only ha- everyone some people have this with instagram or some people have it yeah. with they're on tv and they have a manager this is the one that i have and i would think i would fuck it what i want to make happen is get another one so that it's not not like on a fucking lifeline with one thing but that's the fucking problem that everyone's in this position of going i made one fucking thing that gets everyone in the door like i mean fucking touring with eve six it's like yeah they have that one song you know like and it gets a bunch of people who will give them a bunch of money in the door and then you fucking gotta just keep doing that you might not want to play the heart in the blender song every fucking week you know but um okay but anyway you know i don't think that uh it's really the same though because it would be like Comparable would be like if Eve Six kept writing the same song over and over again and putting out the same album. And they haven't. They've kept growing as artists and changing and doing something different. They just do the admin work of we have to play this song once every show so people will be happy. Uh-huh. That's completely different from I believe this is the only thing and I put all my time into it and then I'm like, and I'm not even talking specifically about you. I'm talking about like this is a a, a false uh, assertion that artists seem to have because I've had this conversation with comics who are on TV at least <clears throat> once a year, pretty regularly, have written for TV shows, and they fucking hate Twitter, and they're on Twitter trying their best to be funny, and some of them are funny. One specifically I'm thinking about that I had this conversation is funny, has a big following, fucking hates Twitter, does it because they feel like they have to, even though they've been on TV, even though they're a writer for a late night thing, even though they've done this other thing. So what I'm, what I'm trying to point out 
is that this is escalator mentality thinking because all that you're doing is setting yourself up on this like constantly moving escalator of it must go up. I had another conversation with another comic who, man, a few years ago, he basically like he was doing really great and <laughs> he's still doing great, but I'm saying this in his language, which was he was basically like, uh, like, uh, I don't know what to do because I already, you know, I got a Comedy Central thing and I did this and new faces and all of this. And it all came really quick at the beginning. And now it's like, I can't even get booked in this town and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I plateaued and like, where am I supposed to go from here? I don't know how to get this through my friends' heads that you are being treads. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are looking at your love, okay? Your love for comedy and you're being like, but where is this going? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you are the ones being like, well, what does this mean now that we did this? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> can you calm the fuck down and enjoy the butt sex that you just had? And like, stop asking the fucking weird questions. Because the whole point is it's not supposed to be, oh, how do I get this next thing tomorrow? And what's the next thing? And what's the next thing? And what's the next thing? The whole point is supposed to be, do you enjoy doing this today, right? And if the answer is yes, because presumably that's why you keep doing all the parts you don't like, right? Then you figure out a way to do, honestly, the minimum of all those things that you don't like each day to enjoy the maximum of the good parts of what you like. And to me, actually, this connects to old, the movie that we intended to talk about this whole entire episode. <laughs> Because uh, to me, Old was a movie specifically about this. It was about the difference between spending an entire life compromising versus spending an entire life full of regret. For the right. listener, we're talking about M. Night Shyamalan's Old, or if you're an internet brain-damaged yeah. person, you might know this movie as The Beach That Makes You Old, which is how it got <laughs> memed. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's a thing, it's like, I very much think I would encourage artists to like look at it the way this movie kind of poses it. Like, if you were suddenly tomorrow old, right? Within 12 hours old. Yeah. Are you really going to be like, fuck yeah, everything I did every day was worth it for those? parts that made me happy or are you going to be like fuck I was wrong and I was like so focused on all this other shit and I barely even noticed the things that were great right Yeah. so is it a matter of I do X so I could do Y or I love Y so I only do X because I have to <laughs> you know like uh, framing it differently matters so it does have to be uh, I guess like another way to put it is sort of a, uh, for comics, I guess is, you know how uh, rich comics, they stop being funny. <laughs> yeah. It's in part because uh, it's something that actually happens before comics get rich. It happens honestly, when comics stop having a real life outside of comedy. So it could be that you like stopped having normal friends or you stopped having a real job ever, or you stopped doing like normal people things like going to the supermarket, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. So then your material is just like 
airplanes and hotels and famous people that you know and funny things that happen to rich people <laughs> like just completely out of touch not like you're not living a life there's nothing to talk about so it doesn't matter if you have fucking 13 hours to write a day because you have nothing to fucking write about yeah i mean that can so, happen with before yeah. even you get rich just when exactly. you get really into comedy and like yeah you know i always try to like keep one foot out the fucking scene because i it is a thing you get sucked into and i remember yeah. like when I first moved to New York, I thought everyone here sucked. And I was just like, yeah. why everyone bombs so hard at these open mics. And I it's eventually started to look more normal to me, but I was like, no, that's a problem. That's me getting sucked into the thing because this is yeah. a bunch of people bombing at each other at open mics. And like the the thing is like it, it, people would um open mics in New York become entirely back of the room comedy. And so you're only playing to other people and everyone else is in the same weird grind cult you are in. So it's literally just comedy for an inside group that comedians, is comedians yeah. and it's meaningless. And then it's funny because mm -hmm. you watch somebody who isn't like that come through and they crush and everyone goes, how they do that? It's like, well, how they, they do that? They have a that, job. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. they aren't in. I mean, comedy is one group of people. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. If I meet one person, they know everybody else in the yeah. fucking thing. We are is in Scientology. It's fucking stupid, yeah. right? It's but it's honestly why like being a parent helps because even if you are just a just the comic, I mean like you don't have normal people connections other yeah. than but like having a kid keeps you grounded in the sense of like having to still deal with teachers and other kids and PTA meetings and whatever the fuck. So like <laughs> then your material at least gets imbued with that sort of common experience. Yeah, but that's trad shit. Right. But most people are trad, so there's a bunch of people who want to hear that shit. So, yeah. um, but it has to be sort of, I think, <clears throat> we have to apply that same idea to our mental health, I guess, and our mental well-being in the sense of, like, making time and space for our brains to do something else. to And not just read hard books and i'm saying this to you as someone who killed her brain for like 15 years doing this uh -huh. but also like go watch crap movies and like going to lay in the sun and having sex with some weirdos and making more time for that than just having those other things be the things that once in a while pop in before you fucking have a breakdown or accidentally like actually make space and time for them yeah instead of only doing the twitter thing because it does give us twitter brain it does make us be like dude we've we've all done it i know people listening to this podcast the shit where you like try to explain a tweet to a person who's not on twitter yeah you're just in a conversation you're like yeah you're insane and so it's just like yeah cool it does provide for us sort of like a community of some kind in the sense of mutuals and friends that we enjoy liking each other's stuff and have jokes in common and message each other and stuff like that and uh yes it uh can build a framework for people to follow a network sorry for people to follow you and go see you live and buy your things if you sell particular things you know all of these things or for your political messages to go out there but if we're only doing this it cannot be good for no, I know. Or this mostly is exactly doing it. the problem that I've been yeah. kind of looking at for a long time with this. This is why I called my show Meat Space because yeah. I was like 
Twitter's bad. Let's go do something in yeah. real life. The problem is a comedy show is also still part of a fucking unhealthy totally. in-group thing. So, like, for the last few years, I, I remember I agree with what you're saying. You need I've a been, weird hobby. Dude, I've been trying to fucking find one. The problem is <laughs> right, right around the time I started to, like, kind of really put my foot down and go, like, I'm going to go do something like this. Yeah. COVID happened. And then that uh, fucking for, like, two it. years, yeah. I was like, well, you can't. And then, like... It just feels like such a fucking, like, Sisyphean task every time I'm like, all right, I'm 35 years old. Yeah. I guess I'm going to go try to find other people that like to play, like, play board games or, like, fucking <laughs> bowling or whatever. And the problem is, if any, if I meet anybody, if I put a thing out and I meet anybody, or if somebody hears this on the podcast, guess what? They're a fucking fan of mine. Now that's yeah. the problem with the dynamic of the relationship. Yeah. And, like, the, and the, the, real, the real fucked up thing about Twitter to me and, like, the internet and social media in general is all that stuff. I do get out of the internet from time to time, and it's it seems easier because I'm like a socially anxious person. Yeah. Everyone on Twitter is on this fucking autism spectrum. I know I say that as a joke all the time. I'm yeah. not joking. I literally think that's what's going on. My brother has totally. autism. I'm very familiar with autism. I think that it's kind of part of why it's fucking easier yeah. to communicate abstractly than it is to have this over like overriding fucking experience that fries your nervous system. Like I have. I have to not be around people from time to time, right? Yeah. That's that's difficult for me, but with like a cell phone, it's you just pick it up and put it down whenever you want. And the that is why it, the first step when I think and I think with a lot of people, the reason that there are these communities online is because the first step for a lot of us is, oh, if I want to go fucking meet people and do something, I'll do it like this because that's a way oh, to control right. yeah. it. But like it is really like we are in this situation where it's like we're in some fucking weird, scary cyberpunk future where it's like, break yeah. out of the computer and like, yeah. go do a thing in meat space, you know? I yeah. just, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'm sounding kind of doomy right now thinking about it because I'm frustrated about it, but every once in a while I do have like an experience where I'm like, oh, right, like this exists. And touring really made me appreciate New York because like, I was thinking about this and I was like, man, if I lived in Kansas, There'd be no way. There'd be nobody I could talk to about anything that I think about. You know, maybe there'd be like three people, but that'd be like pretty small. Um, I don't know. And then, I mean, I went like to some parties and shit when I was in L.A. and stuff. And I was thinking about this and I was like, okay, like take advantage of the resources you have living in a big city because you can do that there. But it's just fucking weird because I'm 35 and... Uh, COVID fucked everything up really bad. I mean, I was like, at the beginning of this thought process, I was like 30, which is maybe more appropriate, you know, in other people's yeah. eyes or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I yeah come on, you could do it. But this you is know why what? people get married and shit, because they're just yeah, like, oh, totally. I'm done. They're dude. like, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this <laughs> is, that's the new fine. social scene. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, my friends are all here. My wife, my baby, the dog. <laughs> yeah. And then that's it. And like, that, and then they're like, and my brother and his wife. Yeah. And, uh, sucks. So, like, <laughs> it's weird. Like, how do you do this when everyone else is doing that shit, you know? Well, but okay. But this is why I'm saying that it, uh, you know, if you look at it as climbing a mountain, then, like, we're real fucked, man. But if it is just, like, it is ongoing every day, you just do the processes. And the processes are... uh know it getting to know yourself every day because you that never stops you continue to change you continue to grow getting to know people every day like there is no fucking you're done there just isn't if you start to believe that you are done with anything that you are kind of like 
going the wrong path in something. Like, yeah, it well, is- you're right. I think to put it as escalator thinking because, like, yeah, what I used to tell people when I first moved here and I started to understand like what doing comedy and what I'm going to refer to as the real world is, like New York and L.A. or whatever, as opposed to all these starting places you fucking are yeah. born or whatever, is like this is a video game metaphor. So I'm sorry, but like they're old video games. You start off on level one, you get to the end of it, now you're at level two. Then you go to level three, then you're at level four. So it's this continuous thing where you're like, I'm accomplishing something. And once you're at level 10, you never go back to level one, right? And so you yeah. feel like it's an escalator thing. It's like you're on a yeah. progressive line. And then there are these new forms of video games that came out in 10, 10, 20 years ago, or whatever, called MMOs, where you're just like, um, you know, you're just, you're just free to do whatever you want in a gigantic world, and there are all sorts of different paths you can what take. What are they called? MMOs? Massively multiplayer online RPGs. Gotcha. MMOs, okay. for short, right? So World of Warcraft is the most famous one, which I know is gotcha. fucking bad. But like, um, but it's different because it's not linear. And so I used to tell new comics when they would ask, like, oh, what's it like to go to New York or L.A.? I'd be like, it's not a fucking video. It's not Mario. It's not a level one, level two, level three thing. It's an MMO, which is cool because yeah. you get to just do whatever you want every day. And I think that helped me kind of smash some of the escalator thinking. But yeah. it creeps back in because totally. there is a myth. Like, there's a myth coming out of Hollywood about making it, you know? And yeah. like, there are people who probably think that they did make it and then they stop sort of thinking in a way, but that's bad and that's trad yeah. thinking or whatever. But everybody kind of thinks like, okay, you when you when I finally make this fucking certain amount of money or success or whatever, it's easy street. It's a plateau. That's a metaphor you always hear. And you kind of coast. And I mean, I have friends that have won a million dollars. You know, I have friends that have made a shit ton of money off of Patreon and stuff like that. And I kind of think what I, you know, you look at them and you go, they did it kind of but a maybe they didn't because they're all still angry on the internet all the time and they're not happy <laughs> um and b like that doesn't yeah that's that that stifles creativity and it turns you into an out of touch person who's like yelling at the audience and stuff so like i mean i think i think you're right it's just like it's counterintuitive to everything that we have programmed ourselves with as artists to understand that literally every day you wake up, you wake back up and you're at level one again, and then you just yeah. do whatever you. It's, it's really more like um, I'm using another <laughs> maybe more like Russian Doll or um or uh, Groundhog's Day, or yeah. if you're continuing the video game metaphor with me that Louisa doesn't understand, Majora's yeah. Mask, which was a video game that was basically Groundhog Day. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. You're right. It's just it's hard because you you're told. I mean, all these fucking people on Twitter that are yelling at me are yeah. projecting a lot of weird feelings I think they have about their own lives. Totally. And a lot of these people yeah. are saying, you're 35 and you haven't done anything, this, this, yeah. and this, or whatever. But, like, you literally, you wake up every day and you kind of are back at zero. But they're projecting this, this anxiety over having not made the plateau yeah. thing. Oh, you're supposed to have made this thing that then is universally recognized as... Now you're in the Hall of Fame of comedy or whatever, which just doesn't fucking happen. This is, uh, we got to exactly why and how Twitter is bad for your brain. Because you, uh, what I heard earlier you say is that your only goal basically in life and in comedy was to move to New York 
and make enough money to be able to do comedy and drink and hang out with your friends and travel and do whatever you want. And I hate to break it to you, Jake, but you did that. I know. I so, tell myself this all the time. Like, why are you not yeah. happy? This is literally your goal when you were a kid. Right. You know? But then, so if you aren't, why aren't you happy? Then it is some shit like the amount of time that you spend on Twitter. The amount, no, there's some people that are in your life in some ways or not or another that shouldn't be. Some uh, situations about your living conditions, like whatever, maybe, you know, like actual small shit. That you can change. It doesn't have to be climb a mountain of like quitting Twitter and never using it again. No, small fucking shit of like move to another apartment where you live alone, let's say, and have space and can be just you and Murray. Or get a fucking weird hobby where you don't meet people from online, but you go and meet people in meet space and fucking talk to them like that. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, like. Small things that will address the parts that are the things that are actually draining you because you did achieve the goal that you had. And so the goal that you had is kind of irrelevant because now it is about just every day waking up and doing whatever you want. Yeah, I know. I just wish I was a little bit less poor because the reason I'm so anxious about money is because I'm like still like god damn yeah. i mean i was doing all right for a minute and then i paid taxes and now i'm just poor yeah. again and i literally like i'm gonna go get a job like yeah. uh which is fine i don't have any yeah that's fine but like i'm like i i guess i'm like falling into a uh a, like a like a weird what do you call it like a mirage or like a fallacy or whatever of like thinking i know people think this all the time it's probably never true but it feels really real you look at somebody else and you went man if i just had like 10 grand more or whatever then i would be able to fucking stop and like you never really get to stop although i mean eventually i think if i was making 100 grand a year or something like that i probably wouldn't have certain of the problems i have now but i am just like that's why i'm like clinging to this lifeline because i'm like i mean there is a threshold with which the, the, the one of the most fucked up things that ever happened to me in comedy is i started making enough money to where i couldn't really justify like quitting because i was like yeah and not that that's a problem because i do like everything i do but some of the stuff i don't like is being like kind of rationalized into that because i'm like fuck well i can't quit this podcast it makes pretty good money so now it's a thing that i have to like you know do every week and can't really take a break from and stuff like that and i'm just like i don't know man i think my anxiety is somewhat material all this stuff is true but no and you're right like you know it's not like uh it's not like money buys happiness or whatever, but certainly a lot of our unhappiness is caused by lack of money. So, uh, man, to me, it sounds like fucking figuring out, like, <laughs> it's so stupid and uh, reductive and shitty the way I'm going to say this, but it sounds like the grand old problem of just, like, finding a way to survive in capitalism that, or that is a, that is above the line of survival while draining you the least possible and then hopefully having some kind of enjoyment like for example uh like what if you learn to tattoo and then (laughs) that's something that you did to make money you know or like i don't know fucking steel work i don't know (laughs) i don't know what the fuck (laughs) is a thing that you can learn to do jake but it could be something that is like that you do part-time or occasionally that is uh satisfying and not related to 
your artistic desires and goals, but that provides you with some money. I mean, that's what I would recommend if, if I were your therapist. <laughs> but I don't know if that's a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So that's why I was like, this is me encouraging you. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, you're right. I mean, I don't want to give away too much of my fucking personal life on this yeah. show because of all the things I'm talking about. But like, mm. I think I am going to start bartending again and I feel pretty good about it because yeah. like, I was just looking at money and I was like, well, I could be breaking even and be a starving artist or just literally yeah. not be dying all the time and do this thing I kind of like, which bartending is the thing you just described. That's yeah. why I learned how to do it. I yeah. used to be a dishwasher at a pizza fucking shit hut yeah. or whatever, basically, and was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do for a job. And then when I started planning my life, I was like, this is a trade you can do anywhere. I have yeah. connections in it. Uh and, and meet people that are fun and interesting <clears throat> that you can have jokes about. And... Yeah, you just have that real life thing that, yeah. you know, the lack of fucking poisons people. So, like, that's my plan going forward, I guess. Which is, you know, all to say, like, I don't know. I appreciate fleshing this out with you, but don't worry. I was going there anyway. Twitter fucking I know. sucks. I know, but this is what I was thinking about anyway in relation to old. Well, uh, we never so. really got into old. But we are, <laughs> are going to do it in the next episode. Yeah, fuck this. We're done. Uh, but it is funny also because I got, it's just as funny to me because I got real like, God, Twitter's so stupid this week. And, uh, but it was funny because it was one of those situations where I wasn't the mad one, <laughs> but I was so like, this is just stupid. Like, why are we going through this with each other as people who like barely know each other? <laughs> like, whatever. It's just really weird. So anyway, I guess I, in closing, I would just encourage everyone. This isn't at all about Jake. Everyone to consider what you actually get out of all of the things that we use as distractions. Because if you actually get enjoyment or something else out of it, then cool but then also is there a way that you can continue to get whatever you get out of it without putting so much of yourself into it or being able to do other things and have other relationships and interactions i don't know um i think you were right to propose social media as a vice as a model for looking at this and I say that as a bartender, because in order to be a bartender, you have to be really good at drinking and maybe not like I, there are sober bartenders in the world. Yeah. There are people who like were good at it and then weren't, but then still yeah. want to do the job and stuff. And that being sober is also being good at drinking because you've permanently yeah. cut yourself off. You know, yeah, you know what's best. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, like that individual, like tempering of the thing. Yeah. That is way more obvious when you look at it like a uh, vice like it is and if it seems yeah. unfair because your job is on social media too and the president is talking to you on it that's because capitalism is bad and it is unfair yeah. and it makes things yeah. happen in you know bars and shit like that like business happens in bars a lot that's fucked up that probably shouldn't be true because a lot of people don't have the same relationship with alcohol as each other but yeah. that's that's the situation and so if you look at it like that i think you have a much better handle on like tempering it rather than just i don't know giving yourself into it or whatever 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, maybe like uh, last week, I think we talked about like moral injury and I would add like, uh, I guess, psychic injury, psychological injury. Uh, We do damage, we do injury to ourselves sometimes through some of the interactions we put ourselves into. And, you know, uh, the weird thing about like addiction, speaking of addiction in any way, is that it's a very fine line between understanding what is outside of one's control and claiming that there that you have no agency right and i think it is always dangerous like it's weird because i am very much a systems person and i guess it's the anthropology where like it's i'm not top down and i'm not down up it has to be both things so it it can't be um we can't just always be like, or we get into a dangerous ground whenever we try to explain anything that is hurting us as being a hundred percent external to us and not our fault and nothing we can do about it. And the only way to be safe from it is to a hundred percent cut yourself off from it. I think that that is really a very drastic way of thinking of it. And instead, We need to think both at the same time, both of these things, that there are big things outside of us that we cannot control that affect us in bad and different ways. And also, we have some agency, and what we need to do is figure out where that agency exists and what are the things we can change them, that we can change so that we can change them, right? Which is kind of like that AA thing, I guess, where they say, like, I don't know, their prayer, I think it is, they say, like, for God to give them strength to change, you know, uh, what is it, to change the things that it can change and to not, whatever, and to tell the difference, whatever, somebody in AA will write it to us. Something about you cannot change, (laughs) Yeah, the things that you cannot change, and then the... And then the wisdom to, oh, okay, I remember, no, (laughs) so to have the courage to change the things you can the uh Whoa. something to accept the things you can't and then the wisdom to tell the difference i don't know oh, well okay, if on. anything came out of this podcast <laughs> someone out there is white knuckling <laughs> their fucking mishka car. is gonna fucking <laughs> yell at us so much no he's not uh, an aa guy actually he's not no oh, okay, okay he's like a he, he's sober he anti-aa kind of that's his whole thing but he, that's what it is he probably yeah. knows that shit though totally hold on i'm gonna google it a a uh, wisdom to know the difference. Here we go. Ha ha ha. Are we really gonna that end gr- this on a? <laughs> yeah, quote? it's called the it's called the Serenity Prayer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing at a. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um. Okay, but I do think a has some problems with the finality of the thing. But I also think that it's up to each person to choose their own path, right? So it is. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. I had like a third of that correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you almost got there. You yeah. Remembered the three things. Uh, the also, triforce. I forgot it started with God because ugh, whatever. Yeah, mm. But anyway, anyway, I do think that uh, that is a, a good bit of wisdom from our friends at AA. Uh, if you take the God part out of it. <laughs> Zenu, give me the Cap power to change the, the whatever. Um, okay, give it to yourself, man. Give it to yourself. 
All right. Well. Okay. Bye, everyone. Yep. No plugs. Right. I quit comedy. No plugs. Yeah. Me too. Bye. Hell yeah.